Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. All right, all right. Man, are you glad to be at Radiant Church today? All right, all right I want you to remain standing. We're, we're having fun during this month where we're presenting God's Word, and then, then we're going to dive right into the message. We're in a series called Summer Feels, where we're kind of getting some fresh messages from God. I, I, I don't say this often, but I truly believe that this is a word from God for somebody's life today. I've been praying about this, working on this, this one message for months now, and I've been ready. I, I actually put this message on the calendar of a couple months ago thinking, this, I can't wait for what God's going to do on this day. T- I want you to be expecting. Is there anybody expecting something from God today? Anybody ready? I, I, I think we need to do better than that. Anybody ready for a word from God today? St. Pete, we're glad that you're with us today. St. Pete's back up and running. They didn't have any power last week, but they're with us now. Give it up for St. Petersburg, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, good job on being flexible. We moved this time 15 minutes earlier at our uh, 9 o'clock, uh, 9.30 to 9.15 service. And so thank you for your flexibility in that. That's a big deal. And we did it because obviously you see right now the rooms are packed out here in St. Pete and we have parking issues. So we thought, man, let's get everybody in earlier so you'll have more time to, to, to fight the traffic. It'd be awesome. But anyway, hey, 1 Samuel chapter 17 says it like this. It says there was a champion whose name was Goliath who was from an area called Gath, and here's what he did. He came out of the Philistine camp, and his height was six cubits and a span. That's nine feet, nine inches tall. Say, that's a tall dude. All right, verse eight, it says it like this. So Goliath stood and shouted at the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him um, come down to me. If he's able to fight me and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. On verse 11, on hearing the Philistines' word, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. I think there's some people here today that the situation surrounding you, it's got you dismayed, it's got you terrified, it's got you paralyzed right there. And then in verse 16, it says it like this, for 40 days, say 40 days, for 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. I think there's some people here today that it feels like it's been 40 days. Maybe it's been 40 weeks for some of you guys. Some of you, it's been 40 years. You've had the same giant, the same Goliath standing in your way. And I'm going to talk to you today for a few minutes of what do we do when the giant seems unbeatable? When the giant seems unbeatable. Are you ready for God's word today? Say, yeah. All right, Lord, speak to us, transform us, and thank you that we're going to leave this place different than the way we came in. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen, amen, amen. On your way down, tell someone next to you, I'm glad I sat next to you today in church. Man, so glad that you're with us today. I came home a couple weeks ago to find our house in chaos. It was not a normal day in the Burke residence. My wife and my kids were kind of huddled on one side of the house And my wife made the statement to me, Aaron, we are no longer ever going in that side of our house again. She pointed over there where our bedroom is. The bathroom is over, our our master bathroom is over there. She says, I don't care what's over there. I don't care about our clothing, heirlooms. Doesn't matter about furniture. We'll burn it all. We are no longer going in that side of our house again. So of course I asked what happened, what was going on. 
and the kids come to tell me that they're all sitting in the room, playing on the bed, and as they're sitting there, out runs a cockroach across the room and went underneath one of the dressers, and they said, listen, we tried to, to smash it, we tried to kill this thing, and, and it's still in there, it's still alive, and as long as it's in there, we're out here, we're done. Like, you need to take care of this, Aaron. I said, well, why didn't you take care of this thing? Like, your shoes are the pointy ones with the heels. Like, that would have been a better weapon. Now, let me just preface this by saying, um, I'm pro-animal, pro-insect, pro-nature, you don't need it. Don't give me an email on it. Like, I believe in all that. I love it all. But come on, how many know there, there's an agreement between us? Can I get a better amen than that? There's, a better, there's an agreement. Like, like, I won't go into their woods. I won't kill them. I, I, don't, need a, I, don't, I don't need to go. I'm not going to go find their little home and, 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 and beat them up and spray them there. But no, come on, you don't step into my house. Like you're fine. You're waging war when you get into my territory. So I became like the, the you know, the forensics guy. I, I was ready to find it because they said they had injured this guy. So now I'm worried because now he's not just mad, but he's not just in there to terrorize us, but he's injured and he probably called his buddies up and they're, they're ready to go and attack the home. So I'm tearing this place apart to, to try to find this cockroach that, that uh, was terrorizing our family. It got personal for us. And I'm happy to say, I took care of business, destroyed the guy. I was the man of the hour. My kids think I'm a superhero because of it. But, but I, I just think there's something happens when, when things invade your life that are not supposed to be there. And that's our story today, where, where the children of God, they had been in war with these people called the Philistines. Now, the Philistines, this war had been going on for a long time, but the war had always happened on Philistine territory. Our story starts out that the Philistines have invaded into Judah, which is God's people's land, and started a war right there. And out of this war comes this guy named Goliath. This giant shows up that seems completely unbeatable. And he shows up in the story, but I also think he's shown up in your life at some time or another. And here's the question I want to ask you. It's not in your notes, but it's just something to find out. What is the giant in your life right now? What is that thing that has invaded your life that, that you didn't want there, that you didn't ask for it to show up, that you didn't desire it in your life, and it showed up there, and, it, and what is it doing? It's intimidating you every morning and every evening. It's showing up in your life, and, and what is the outcome of the children of Israel is that they were paralyzed, they were terrified, they were fearful, and I think that's how so many believers are living in their life right now. I, I think this idea of a giant in our lives is something that people get embarrassed about. But I don't want you to be embarrassed about it today because I've learned in my life that the greater the giant that comes against me is usually because of the greater of the destiny that's inside of me. Oh, come on, you're gonna have to help me today, church. I've been away for a couple weeks. Like, some of you guys, you, you think you're attacked all the time because you're puny. It's not because you're puny, it's because of your potential. It's, there, there's something so great inside of you that the enemy's saying, I'm gonna bring the biggest thing I got against their life because he desperately doesn't want you to succeed. What is that giant that has come against your life? I wrote out some of them here that people deal with. Some people deal with a giant of addiction. Can't seem to get over it. Can't seem to find freedom. Some deal with a giant of alcohol and and, and, and when you're just binging and you, you just can't find freedom from getting away from it. And some of you guys deal with the addiction of the, the giant of porn. 
Something that just, man, it binds people and it's a secret and, and, and you feel dirty and you feel lost and you think it's a giant that seems unbeatable. Another one is your finances. You're wrapped in debt and you can't seem to get free. It's a giant that's in front of you that you just can't find freedom from. Other people, they're the giant of bitterness in their life. They can't find freedom from that. They can't overcome the bitterness and the hurt that they have in their life. Other people, it's the giant of drugs that people deal with and, and, and it's a secret thing for you. And it's a giant that you can't get away from. Other people, the giant is all mental. It's all in your mind. It's anxiety, it's depression, it's, it's these frustrations in your mind. You can't be free. The other people, it's a giant, never mind. Uh, you got the idea. Just giants come in all shapes and sizes. And <laughs> that's, that's funny, I don't care what you say right there. <laughs> giants, gi- giants are everywhere. They're all against us. And, and listen, I don't want you to be embarrassed today. Radiant is a safe and healthy place for people that are dealing with giants. But let me just say this, that you might be battling a giant, but you are never allowed to be defeated by that giant. So, so Christians for far too long have lived in this mindset, and here's what the mindset is. It's, it's, it's always gonna be this way. I'm just always gonna battle it. Aaron, it's the way I'm gonna live. And so many of you guys have tolerated something that eventually has dominated your life. And this is not the call of God on your life. Let me just ask you a couple questions. I want yes or no answers for this. Ready? Out loud, every location. Was Christ the perfect sacrifice for our sins? Yes. You gotta hear louder than that. Ready? Did he live a victorious life? Yes. Was he raised on the third day? Yes. Did he overcome death? Yes. Did he overcome hell? Yes. Did he overcome the grave? Yes. Did he uh, send us the Holy Spirit? Do we have the same power that's living inside of us that raised Jesus from the dead? Did he desire for us to have life and life to the full? Does God always win? So whose fault is it that you're living in defeat today? I think there's way too many of us that you've blamed it on God. And I, I just wrote it down in my notes this way. Just because this is the summertime. It's the summer slump, summer lull. People are traveling. We love you guys on Facebook. So I'm going to just be, I'm going to be your, your raw pastor today. Because I think a lot of you guys, to just ruin the excuse, Christians live in defeat because of one of two reasons. Because the lies they believe are the lifestyle they choose. It's the only two reasons. It's, it's there's a giant in front of you and you're defeated by him and it's mostly because of a lie you believed in your mind or a lifestyle that you chose that's separate from what God's plan is for your life. So we're gonna evaluate these things today and figure out how do we live in victory because in our story, not to give away the end, but God brings in this teenager named David and David walks onto this scene and defeats the, the Goliath and uh, the story goes that he threw the stone and the stone hits him on the head, he falls down. You've heard the story sometime in your life. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to, try to present to you today four things that I find in this story that honestly I don't think I've ever heard taught about before. It's not the four normal things that you would hear in the story of David and Goliath. So if you heard a story in David and Goliath before, I want you to lean into this because I think God's got something special for you today about how to defeat your giants in your life the way that David did. Now, let me just say this. The first one, I almost didn't even put it in the notes because it's, it's so bizarre. It's so... Uh, weird. I honestly just thought it's so disconnected from the story that it's pointless, but it's got to be said, and I told you I'm going to be your pastor. I'm going to be raw with you. I'm going to be real with you, so I got to be honest with you. Here's the first way that you can be sure that you're victorious over every Goliath, every giant that's out there today. Number one, write it down in your notes. Sometimes the best way to win the battle is to never begin the battle. Sometimes. Some of you guys are living a life fighting battles that God never intended for you to fight. 
never intended you to fight. And sometimes the best way for you to win is to simply never get involved. Now, I want you to know this. Your pastor is, is a legend. Now, you might not know this. You're, you're listening to someone that's pretty uh, remarkable. Now, I'm going to tell you some of my accolades that you might not know about. You, you know some of them, but I, I want to share this. It's going to come off as a humble brag. Actually, it's just going to come off as a brag. And that's okay with me. I just want to be real with you. Uh, it's, it's something you need to know. I personally, and, and I'm up for the challenge if you want to, but I personally have never lost an arm wrestling competition in my entire life. Come on, I need like three cheers. Yeah, 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 true, true, true. That's not as impressive. Here's another one, ready? All right, I know some of you guys are like, well, I'll take them on. It's okay, we can talk after service, all right? Listen to this. Here, here's another one. I have also never lost a tennis tournament in my entire life. Yeah, no pretty big deal. I have also never lost a Super Bowl in my entire life either. Are you tracking with me? All right. right, Here's why I've never lost any of them. Ready? Because I've never been involved in any of them either. Okay. All right. So so just ruin some of your guys thinking that you're going to arm wrestle me after service. All right. I've I've never lost because I never got involved in it. Listen to me. I want everybody's attention. A lot of you guys have to realize the best way for you to be victorious over a Goliath is to never get in the fight in the first place. David started the first part of this whole story in chapter 17. And the Bible tells us that David was the youngest. The three oldest, they're over there with Saul. They're fighting Goliath. But David is watching his father's sheep in Bethlehem. This is 15 miles away from where the fight is going on. David's day-to-day is not hearing the Philistine talk to him and torment him and intimidate him. David's day-to-day is with the little sheep. Bah, that's his life. That's all he's dealing with. That's it. Why? Why? Because he never got in the fight the first place. I think a lot of you guys, you need to lean into the wisdom of David right here, that your life would be a whole lot easier if you started using some wisdom of the things that you should be involved in or not be involved in. There's something about the idea that we just jump into the, I just want the experience, Pastor. Not every experience is gonna help you fulfill the purpose of God for your life. Uh, I go to India and Asia you know, uh, multiple times a year, and I love everything about it, love our projects, love the kids, love the ministry, hate the driving. If you ever been to South America, Central America, you know what it's like to, to drive on some of these roads that, that you're, you're going up mountains and it's like one lane road. And yet at the same time, they're, they're, they're like flying around. Like these guys think it's like their, their whole job to just see how close to the edge they can get as possible. And it's like thousand foot cliffs on one side and they're swerving around. And if you've ever been there, it's crazy. If you're about to go with our team next week, Get ready. So they, they go around the curve, and as you're going around, there's like giant semi-trucks going down the mountain at the same time. You can't see each other, so one has to slam on the brakes, and then you're backing up down the... It's, it's, I'm telling you, it helps my prayer life, that's for sure. I'm just praying the whole time. It, it helps build up my faith. And So I'm sitting there, and I've learned a, a thing after doing this for now 15-plus years in South Asia. I've learned a way to, to make sure I'm always going to arrive alive because it's crazy. So what I do is I sit down and whenever I meet my driver, because you always hire a driver there because the roads are crazy. So I meet my driver and I say, hey, listen, uh, what's your name? And I get his name. Do you love driving? Oh, I love to drive. Are you a good driver? And they always say the same, oh, I'm the best driver. You're you're the best driver. Oh, I'm the best driver. You're really good. You're really good. Okay, here's, here's what I want you to know. I'm a good driver too. I am. I actually find it as a spiritual gift of mine to beat the GPS. Is there anybody else in here today? Like, if it says 30 minutes, I could do it in 29 minutes to God be the glory. Like, I'm good. 
I, I understand that. I tell them all the time, I think you're probably the best. I think you're someone really special. You're amazing. I just want you to know, do you know who you have in your car? You have one of the best arm wrestlers in all of American. <laughs> I, I, said, I said, you don't know who you have in your car. I just want you to know, I, and I give them a little bit of my story. I, I just tell them, and I say, here, I just want you to know, I'm a pretty important person. You're not just driving this van around. You're driving a very important person. And if you don't think I'm important, and then I do this, I actually take my iPad, I open it up, and I show them this. And I, want, I want you to see those faces right there. Because those kids are waiting at home for me to get there. So if you do something stupid and drive in a way that you're trying to be impressive to us of how quick you can get us there, I want you to know, if you end up killing me, that little kid right there, especially that one's going to come, he's going to hunt you down. <laughs> He'll take care of you. I, I, I'm telling you, you just don't want to mess with him. You, I just want you, and I show him this picture, and I say, so I just want you to get this. Listen, listen, I don't care if you, if you give some crazy experience to all the rest of your, your people. Let me tell you, the cargo is too precious for you to be reckless. I'm going to say it again. The cargo is way too precious for you to be reckless. I want someone's attention here today. Your life is way too precious for you to be reckless as you are, for you to be involved in that lifestyle, for you to be hanging out with those people. This is why the Bible tells us to, listen, abstain from all the even appearance of evil. Like, stay far away from it. Like, like with it, when it comes to driving, I'm going to stay as close as I can to, to, to safety instead of how close to the edge. How close can I get without it really being sin? I just think it's a terrible way for you to live if you want to walk in victory and overcome giants in your life. Can I get a better amen than that? This is why you need a little bit of wisdom in your life. I, I think there's so many people, they are, they're brilliantly smart, but they have zero wisdom in their life. Let me give you a difference. I mean, let me give you the difference, okay? Between brains and wisdom, okay? Because a lot of you guys have a lot of brains. You, you can ace an SAT, but you can't, um, you know, you can't get away from drugs. So, so you, you have super, you're, you're super smart, but you have no wisdom. Let me just say it this way. It takes brains to build the Titanic. It takes wisdom to avoid an iceberg. Do you see the difference between the two? And I think there's some people in here, when it comes to your life, you have a lot of brains but very little wisdom. And so the wisdom I latch onto with my life, now this is not for everybody, for my life, I latch onto this wisdom. For my life, others can, I just, I won't. Others can, I won't. Uh, either, others can watch those things, I'm not gonna watch them. Uh, others can listen to that stuff, I just don't listen to that. Others can hang out with people like that, I, I just can't hang out with people. Others can go to that side of town, I just can't. It's not because I'm afraid of it, I just know that there's some giants I don't even wanna start the fight with because I don't know how to end up, it'll bring my life down a path that I wish it would never go down. The best way to walk and ensure victory in your life is to not get involved with a giant in the first place. Can I get a better amen from, today, from everybody here today? All right. All right. Here's the second thing. So David then goes to his brothers. He's, he's in Bethlehem. He goes to his brothers to see what's going on. And he starts hearing about this giant, this Philistine that's attacking him. And the way he hears about him is he hears that everybody's talking about this big reward that happens when you fight this guy. Here's the second thing. If you want to walk in victory over the giants, number two is you need to calculate the reward of winning and the regret of defeat. Because there's both of these in your life. Both of these are super important. You have to understand, because there is a reward for one, and there's a regret of another one. I, I never saw this when I was, heard this story. I've heard it so many times in my life. I want you to get this. Look, at, look what he says. So the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man, talking about uh, the Philistine, he keeps coming out. 
He keeps coming out to defy Israel. So David's hearing this going, I, I didn't know about this guy. And then the story goes, the king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. And I'm sure David's attention is like, whoa, I didn't know that. That sounds awesome. You're gonna get some money for killing this guy? I never saw this in the story. Then he goes on to say, listen, and he will also give him his daughter in marriage. David's like, well, show me a picture. I'm not sure if it's worth it. Come on. <laughs> and then look what else. It, it can only get better. Not only can you get wealthy, not only will you get the daughter, but you're gonna get exempt from paying taxes in Israel. How many say, sign me up right now? Like that sounds like a good battle worth fighting. So David goes on and it says it like this. And David asked the man standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine? Tell me again, removes this disgrace from, from Israel. Tell, tell me what happens when you, this, when you fight this guy. David was calculating the reward of victory. I wonder how many of you guys have sat there and you've, got, you've given up fighting this giant because you forgot there's a reward on the other side of it. There's a reward on you being free from those drugs. There's a reward from you being free from pornography. There's, there's a reward for you to fight for that marriage. You might not see it right now because the enemy is really, really good at blinding you of the reward of your faithfulness. The reward of just showing up every day. The reward of doing what you need to do. Because this is what sin does. Write it down in your notes. Sin sacrifices long-term goals for short-term fulfillment. So he says, hey, he says, listen, no, sacrifice that. You don't, you don't need to. You don't need to experience that. You don't need to fight that giant. It's okay. Nobody, here's what he did. Nobody will find out. And on the other side of it, there's regret for the defeat that we live in. David won the fight because he started it out going, I want to know what the reward is on the other side. And I want somebody's attention in here. Listen, the reward on the other side is a healthier marriage if you'll fight for it. It's kids that'll serve God. It's a purpose that's worth living for. It is potential. It's freedom from that addiction. It's a life and life to the full. There is purpose on the other side. Come on, give God better praise than that. All right. So David then goes, he goes, I'm, I'm going to fight this guy. The Bible says he goes down to a stream and grab some stones. And here's the lesson number three that I want you to get right down in your notes. He says, if at first you don't succeed, try again. This is a lesson for those who, who are struggling to find victory. David tells us, if at first you don't succeed, try again. Now, where do we see this in this story? We see that David, in this story, he goes to this stream, and the Bible says it like this, that he took his staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the stream. So he finds these five uh, smooth stones. Now there's all these commentaries. You know, why did David choose five of them? And some of these guys get super spiritual. And, you know, it's the five different layers or five different offices of the church. And they've got, you read 10 different commentaries, you're going to get 10 different reasons. I'm going to give you the Aaron Burke theological reason of why he chose five stones to overcome this giant. Okay? This is going to be so deep. It's gonna blow your mind. You're gonna to wanna to write it down. You're gonna go, this is the most mind-blowing stuff I've ever heard in my entire life. Okay, this is huge. Ready? Here's the reason. David chose five stones because I don't think he thought he could hit them on the first one. That's it. That's it. I think he had a moment sometime years ago 
where he was there watching his sheep and some animal tried to attack and it took one try and he missed and he goes, man, that stinks. I need to work on my accuracy a little bit. And he threw it again and he threw it again and he probably hit him in two or three or four times and he was sitting there at that stone thinking, man, it took me three times to kill that bear and it took me four times to kill that lion. This giant... I think five will do. That'll, at least, that'll give me some backup options for me to make sure I ensure the victory in my life. I'm telling you, Christians need to learn the idea that sometimes things don't happen on the first try. That's okay. Sometimes you just need to show up and just make sure you go, you know what? I didn't get it the first time. I'm gonna try it the second time. I'm gonna try it the third time. I didn't find victory that way. I'm gonna find it again. You just need to show up. I was in a uh, racquetball tournament when I was a senior in high school. Now, racquetball used to play at like our local gym, but this tournament was gonna be outside, which I'd never been to an outdoor racquetball. It's kind of weird um, experience at the local junior college. So me and my buddy showed up there. It was a Friday that the tournament started, and then it was Saturday the tournament ended. So we signed up, and we got there. And if you ever know anything about racquetball, it is, it is not a, it's not a young man's game. I thought it was. So I showed up, and there's all these guys who are, you know, uh, older than me, I'll just say that, more mature than me. And I, we looked at each other, me and my buddy, and we're like, we're going to destroy these guys. Like, this is going to be awesome. Well, we didn't realize that racquetball is so technical. These guys annihilated us on that Friday. I mean, we're destroying us. Our pride is gone. We're, we're, we're getting destroyed by these guys. So we, the tournament continues on Saturday, and we have been beaten so bad on Friday, but we're like, we got we to gotta be there. So we go to show up on the tournament on Saturday, but there were so these storms that had rolled through Pensacola at the time. So the storms are so bad that I guess all the guys in the tournament thought the tournament was over and gonna be postponed, gonna be canceled or whatever. So it was just me, my buddy, and then the guy who was hosting the tournament. So we waited for like 15 minutes. We're like, I don't know if these guys are gonna show. I don't know what's gonna happen. And so the guy's like, I've never dealt with this before. I guess all these guys didn't think the tournament was gonna happen today because of the rain. And he says this, he goes, why don't you guys just play each other? And then the winner, you guys just gets first place. Then the other person will get second place. And I'm happy to say, we played each other. One of us got first, one of us got second. I'll let you decide which one you think that was. But I'm telling you, I stood on that pulpit, the podium that day. I received the little trophy. I got the little prize. And it wasn't because I was good. It was because I showed up again. I think a lot of you guys, you need to show up to your fight again. You need to show up to fight for that marriage again. So you went to counseling. Do it again. Well, the counselor didn't work. Well, go to another one. Find another thing. Well, I went to a small group and I didn't like it. Go to another one. We have a lot of options for you today. Well, I, I joined the church before. I didn't like it. Join another one. Watch what happens when you try again. Maybe it won't be the first stone or the second stone or the third stone, but I think if you'll get resilient, God will bless your faithfulness and bring you victory over that giant in your life. I wrote it down this way. Falling down is an accident. We've all dealt with it. We've all struggled with this. We've all had those issues where we feel like we can't get back up. I know that feeling, but I also understand that staying down is a choice. Get another stone in your hand. Get, it, get another potential, get another rock that you can throw yet again. The Bible says it like this, though the righteous fall seven times, guess what? Yeah, they, will, they will rise. They will rise. Here's the last thing, we're gonna close it out. So David gets his five stones goes to the battle line, walks out there, sees the Philistine, nine foot, nine inch giant. That's a big dude. Sits there seeing him and he's ready to attack and 
I mean, just a young teenager. Come on, that's what I love about teenagers. You get a teenager that's passionate. You get a teenager who believes that God, what God says he is and who God says he is, man, he'll change the world. And David gets there. And something that David does that's different than everybody else. Because remember, I said 40 days. 40 days, this, this giant had told them how terrible they are, how small they were, how insignificant they were, and how defeated they were. And David did something that I think is a major key if you're gonna walk in victory over the giants that you face in your life. Number four, write it down. You gotta stop letting the enemy do all of the talking. Some of you guys, you've been listening to the wrong voice for far too long. David gets up, and David, I'm telling you, he's savage. Because he gets up, and David sits there in front of everybody, and he was like, this is the guy? This is the guy in front of everybody. We're afraid of fighting this guy? While the Philistine's trying to talk, you're talking about this uncircumcised Philistine? Yikes. Like, like at least do a mom joke or something. Don't go there. Imagine Goliath is sitting there like, That's funny. I don't care what you say. Got his feelings hurt. For the first time, somebody was willing to talk back and harass the very enemy that had been harassing them for far too long. I think there's some lessons in this. You gotta stop letting the enemy, you've lived a life of defeat because of a lie you have believed. He's made himself think he's way bigger than he is. This giant in your life. David gets up to the battle line and says to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come against you with the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled this day. I love his confidence. This day. Somebody, by the way, this is your day. Some of you in this place, you've tried before. This is the day that the Lord will deliver you. And I'm telling you, he can do it in your life today. This is the day that the Lord will deliver you to my hands. And I will strike you down and I will cut off your head. You know what that means? It's I'm not gonna just, I'm, I'm not okay with a knockdown. I wanna knock out. I, I'm not okay with him just falling down. I'm not okay with temporary victory. I wanna cut it off at the head. Some of you guys, you've dealt with temporary relief from your Goliath. I think it's time we cut it off of the head. We remove it. We delete the person off of our cell phone. We defriend them on Facebook. Come on, do whatever it takes to cut off the head of that Goliath in your life so it never has victory again in your life. You gotta start talking back to that Goliath that has been talking to you for so long. Here's why, because what you listen to matters. We know this because we hear it all the time, that faith comes from hearing the word of God. So you're always built up. That's why you're at church today, because you want to hear God's word. You want to be built up in faith. You want, you're going to leave here stronger than you were before. Why? Because our hearing matters. What you listen to matters. So, so he's sitting there, and, he, and you have this opportunity to hear faith that'll build you up. But at the same time, let me tell you that fear comes from hearing the word of the enemy. So why are they living in, trapped in fear? They've listened to the wrong voice. I, I just want, I want to sum this up, okay? I've got couple minutes left. Just let me sum this up. This giant who comes up against them every single day for 40 days, you know, mocking them, intimidating them. Just know this. You can't find it in the scripture. One time that giant hurt a single person. Never, never need to go. He's like, all right, that's it. I'm going to show you guys how strong I am. I'm going to put someone in a headlock and I'm going to show them I'm giving you a wedgie. And he's giving like the children of Israel wedgies and stuff like some big bullet. We think of him as like, he's proven himself to be this strong guy. No, no, he was probably one of the weakest guys. He was just the biggest one that was there. 
And what are they gonna do? He's, they're gonna put the biggest one up front and go, well, he's unbeatable. And some teenager with a little sling and a stone takes the guy out. He wasn't as strong as he thought he was. Let me tell you, that addiction is not as strong as you think it is. That struggle in your marriage is not as big as you think it is. That issue in your finance, it's not as big as you think it is. Let me just encourage you today, that giant can fall if you'll be able to get your eyes on the God of the universe and say, he can give you the power to walk in victory. Give him a little bit better praise than that, amen? Tell you this, look at this, write it down. The giant in front of you is never bigger than the God that lives in you. No burden for so many of you guys that are just, you think it's unbeatable. It's not. It can fall. It can fall. You can walk victorious. You can have a moment where you just start talking back to this thing. And and I I know this because I've lived this. I've, I've dealt with struggles and I've felt like There's no way I can walk in victory. And I had to just go back to the fact of, no, 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 what does God say? What does God say? I want to remind you what God says. When the moment that you think this thing is unbeatable, remind yourself that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. I am victorious because of what he did on the cross. I am free, and he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I am born again. I am a new creation. I have been established and anointed and sealed by God. I am hidden in Christ Jesus. I am confident that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete that work until the day of Christ Jesus. I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he prepared for me long in advance. I can overcome this thing. Come on, give God a little bit better praise than that. You can walk victorious today. You can be an overcomer today. Get that fight back. You can be seated. Jesus, speak to your people. Somebody in here today just feels overwhelmed because the giant seems unbeatable. He is not unbeatable. The God in front of The God inside of you is bigger than any giant that's within you. I just want to pray for you right here. You're in here today and you go, Aaron, I'm facing a giant and it seems unbeatable. And I just, I really want to come in agreement that I'm going to walk out of this place victorious today, all over the place. Slip up your hand. That's you. You're facing the giant. Come on, come on. Hundreds of you guys. Just slip it up all over this place. Say, God, I'm ready today to walk out of here victorious. Lord, you saw your people today at every location. You saw them, the the people that are desperate to walk in victory. I thank you that they will believe what you say. Lord, that they can overcome this. It was not a teenager who beat Goliath. It was the God inside of the teenager that be Goliath. We are not sufficient in ourselves, but it is the God inside of us who makes us sufficient to overcome them. Lord, give them power, give them encouragement, give them the fight, give them the tenacity, give them the resilience to keep fighting this giant 
Every eye closed, every head bowed, you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know you can. You can today. You can have a relationship with God today that'll change your whole life. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to respond and say, I'm ready to give Jesus my sin. I'm ready to give him my issues. I'm ready to give him my struggles. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to throw that hand up. I want you to go, Aaron, just pray for me. This is my day of salvation. This is my day to give God my sin, my life, my past, my future. This is your all-in day. Ready? One, two, three. Throw that hand up all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people. Lord, you saw the hands that were just raised. They're making a commitment today to give you their life. Right there in your seat, if, if you're one of those people, just say this prayer. Say, God, I give you my life. I give you my sin. I give you my past. Come into my heart. Change my life. And I pray this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for the people that just made best decision of all time? Huge deal. Huge deal. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do it. Everybody in this place, I want you to do one of two things. One, if you're one of the people that just made a commitment to give Jesus your life, I want you to check on that connection card. I've committed my life to Christ. Everybody else, if you raise your hand, you just go, I've got a giant in my life. I want you to take that connection card. I want you to write at the bottom that giant that you're dealing with. You want it to be private? Keep it. You mark right there. I want it to be private. But I want to pray for you. This week, we're going to come in agreement. Our staff on Wednesday, we're going to gather together. We're going to take every single one of these connection cards, and we're going to continue to pray for your victory over whatever giant. I believe in today, God's raising up thousands of giant killers throughout Tampa Bay. Does anybody believe that today? Amen. All right, we're going to end this service by worshiping God with our generosity. Radiant, thank you guys for being so faithful. Because of your generosity, we're changing the world. Literally, I was preaching all week long in, in um, Orlando, and I, every single night, someone would come up to me and go, hey, my life has been changed at Radiant. My friends are going to Radiant. My son, who would never go to church, he, he's, going to, he's going to church at Radiant. Guys, we're changing the world together, and it's because of God's faith and your generosity. So thank you guys for that. We're getting close on the heights. We, uh, we definitely have a huge opportunity there in the next couple of weeks and big bills, but we have served a big God. So thank you for faithfulness. If you're looking for a place that you go, man, and I'm ready for a project. I've, I've been blessed and I want to see it used for, for an eternal purpose. Man, let us know. We'd love to have your help finishing up the Heights project. That construction is going to be almost going to be done in the next few weeks and then we'll open up September 8th. And then Brandon, you guys already paid for that in full. We'll be opening up in three Sundays, ladies and gentlemen. That's a big deal. Yesterday at St. Pete, they were there serving the school and cleaning up the grounds. We're doing it in Jesus' name. God's doing great things. Let me pray for this offering. Lord, bless this offering. Thank you for the faithfulness of your people. Lord, for those that are not faithful in their finances, God, I pray that you would put them, you would challenge them, put you first in their finances. Thank you that you promise us that you'll open the windows of heaven over our life as we put you first financially. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says... Amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.